I have to be really conscientious of where I publish and who I publish with. I do not just put my name on any article that's talking about disability if it's not grounded in, a pro in an approach that's consistent with disability culture. Because I feel like I owe that to my community, my disability community. Again, so often we're not represented accurately or authentically in research, in, in media, that it's really important for me to make sure that everything I put my name on, I'm proud as a disabled woman to have my name on there. That's very interesting to navigate as a brand new faculty member. Welcome to COE Connections, the SDSU College of Education Research and Scholarship Podcast Series. I'm your host, Rachel Hainschlegel. I'm the Associate Dean for Research in the College of Education and an Associate Professor of Child and Family Development here at San Diego State University, a Hispanic-serving institution on the land of the Kumeyaay. This is our fourth episode of the series, and I am joined today by Dr. Tony Saya. Tony is an Assistant Professor and the Director of the Rehabilitation Technology Certificate within the Department of Administration, Rehabilitation, and Post-Secondary Education. She is a disabled woman with a deep commitment to social justice, inclusion, and equity for all. Her professional work history has involved advocating for a progressive understanding of disability within the applied fields, a shift from diagnosis to disability as a culture and identity, one worth choosing and celebrating. She is one of the originators of the American Rehabilitation Counseling Association, or ARCA's, disability-related counseling competencies, informing the work of 55,000 counselors nationally. Her vision is of a just world where disabled people have equal opportunity to participate fully in all aspects of life, where communities are barrier-free and access is universal, where discrimination is unthinkable. Welcome, Tony. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Before we get started, I just wanted to mention I'm actually working from home today. Where Where are you today? I am also working from home today because it's oh. most accessible given the rain. Yes, yes, we are supposed to be having rain. We have rain from time to time the last few days. So yes, good, good reasons to stay at home. Um, Okay, so I have a few questions prepared to ask you, and let's see how it goes. Um, my first question is, why do you study what you do? Yeah, so great question. And I study specifically about disability culture and the lived experience in the applied fields. And I study that because, A, I'm a disabled woman, so who better to do that than people with lived experience? And the second reason is that in applied fields like re-up counseling, I think we have, even though it's geared towards disability and an understanding of disability, I think it's often lacking uh, the lived experience and disability as a culture. I think in the applied fields, we talk a lot about diagnosis, and that's obviously a part of the conversation, but we don't talk about disability like we do other aspects of identity. And so I think it's really important because if we're going to train students to you know, work with disabled people, it's important that they understand a disability in a holistic way. 
as a disabled woman and researcher, I I often would Google articles and I wouldn't see anything about or hardly anything about disability as a culture, especially in rehab counseling journals. I really like to move the conversation towards that because I do think that there's a big cultural component to the disability experience. Yeah, I think that is such an important cognitive shift that that society can and needs to make in terms of how disability is viewed as a culture. It has its own shared norms and shared experiences and shared values and beliefs. Um, And, you know, one of the things that I don't know if we're going to talk about this later, but when, you know, thinking through some of the things that you sent me to read, which were just fantastic, was this idea of, of a positive identity. And I'm, I'm going to read something that you wrote was like looking for there to be a shift in disabled being seen as a personal tragedy to disabled being a positive identity. Yeah. And I, I think uh, specifically to rehab counseling, sometimes we frame disability in the in the confines of service delivery. And so we just see disabled people on the receiving end of services, whether it's counseling or, or resume support, whatever it is. And again, I think that that cultural component and that ident- identity piece gets missed. There's a whole culture. Uh, we're proud of who we are. And we're disabled people. We bring a lot to the table, right? It's just important that we continue to shift in that way especially in the, in the diverse world that we currently live in. Another thing I wanted to just ask you to talk a little bit more about is, is what the concept of disability culture means to you. So disability culture to me means community. It means shared experiences. It means a shared history of oppression, but, but that we're coming together to acknowledge that and, you know, move forward together in unity. I think so often we separate the disability experience based on diagnosis. And for me, uh, this is that cross disability experience, like all are welcome, right? We're not checking your disability experience at the door. We just believe you. There's no kind of discussion about it. It's, it immediately goes from, you know, you're welcome. And we talk about life hacks and we talk about Again, shared experiences. I will never forget one of the first times I was like, I felt like I was immersed into disability culture. Uh, I was with a bunch of other disabled people and we were protesting for our rights, but it didn't matter the type of disability that we had. We were just coming together. And so it was really about that culture. We had a shared goal. Um, And in disability culture, we explore our history and that gets ignored. How many times do we have disability culture in basic or disability history in basic history classes? We don't. And so for me, it's also that reclaiming. I think the biggest part of um, disability culture to me is me reclaiming the experience. Society can think whatever they want about disability, but I as a disabled woman get to reclaim what it means to me. So I make that choice by language. I make that choice by projects I'm involved in. I make that choice based on what I research. You know, I, that's why it's in my bio, right? It's 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 a reclaiming, like I'm here. Even And I want to be clear, even though society isn't prepared for me, I'm here. And that's a big deal because that gets to representation. That gets to uh, that representation that somebody else could see me and realize that they could be here too. So that's what I also hope to do with my research. I hope I excite 
you know, future disabled researchers and scholars to, to continue on. I almost always try to publish with other disabled people. So I'm also very thoughtful about using my privilege to give other people experiences. So let me ask you, um, this isn't a, a question that's actually more a request, but can you talk about an example of the impact that your research has had on the community? And you can define community however you, you would like. So a couple of things. I think um, one of the biggest impacts that I think my research has had is uh, the research that's focused on disability cultural centers within higher ed. I, I wrote and conducted one of the first uh, data-driven studies on disability cultural centers in higher ed. I think that had a huge impact um, because, again, we know of other cultural spaces for other identities on campuses or institutions, but there was not much out there on disability cultural centers. And so I think just to have more information, and my study was from the perspective of disabled students that were a part of a disability cultural center, it exposed the community to a whole other area, a, a big gap. And I think one of the other things that uh, all my research that I try to do is I really purposely try to publish in open access so it can have an impact on the entire community. I personally, as a scholar, I don't want my research to stay in the confines of a journal, especially given what I research, right? I, I researched uh, things that elevate the, the experiences of disabled people, and I want uh, the community to have access to that. So I make a very cognizant decision to publish in open access. So community members, uh, people, people can have access to it. One of the things I hope that I do and all that I do is, again, elevate uh, the experiences of disabled people. I think it's important to note that historically in research, disabled people were researched. We weren't part of the process from the beginning. We were re researched you know, for, for whatever reasons. And I think that there's a very big difference when a disabled researcher is planning a project from the ground up with the goal of involving the experiences. And I don't just do research to do it. I, I do it to, um, to meet the needs of the community that I'm researching so that it can make larger impact. So again, I, my goal is so that it, it leaves the journal and it impacts practices and, and conferences and the way we design things. So. Yeah, I was struck by reading one of your papers that, that is specifically about how professional associations that are in, in the rehab counseling world can be more welcoming and less ableist in the way that they conduct their business. So even the professionals themselves have a lot to think about in terms of making the work of being part of the profession of rehab counseling accessible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's even more important for us as rehab counselors, because again, rehab counselors often claim disability, like they claim knowledge of disability, but knowledge of disability doesn't mean you get a pass to be ableist, right? You still have to do the work. You still have to dig deep. And all because we study something doesn't mean that there's no growth to be had. And I think it's really important. Um, I think a piece of that article that I really push for is that it's not enough to claim disability. How are disabled people represented in our organizations? Because if you claim disability, but yet there's no representation, for me, that's a mismatch. Um, if you're not going to make your organizations accessible, that's that's a mismatch. Yeah, no, those are such important points and really impactful 
messages that you're sending out to your profession as well as to the broader community. Okay, now I want to ask, what do you struggle with most in studying what you study? Because I am a disabled woman and I'm tied to the research that I do, I can't turn my research off at 5 p.m. It's about lived experience. I'm impacted by it, right? Because because of my identities. And so I think what I struggle with is um, that there's still so little out there on disability as a culture, specifically in rehab counseling journals. And so sometimes I, um, I struggle to make sure that um, I'm closing the gap. Um, I always am trying to bring in new voices and uh, with me and collaborate uh, because, of course, I'm only uh, one single disabled person, right? I can't, um, I'm very connected to the community, but um, I, I don't want to ever feel like I'm speaking on, on behalf of the entire community. And so I kind of struggle, I think, um, also in our field, because disability culture in, in this field is rather new, I want to be clear, it's not new to disabled people, but within these applied fields, it's rather new. I feel like sometimes it, it uh, prevents my research from getting out there because, you know, reviewers are not as aware of disability culture. I have to be honest, I never know sometimes if my article doesn't get in there because uh, of ableism, of because of the topics I write about, because the topics I write about make people uncomfortable. They always push for more. They push for more access. They push the boundary. They 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 share strategies to make things more inclusive. And I I I think we we currently live in a world that's not made for disabled people. And I think some of these things make people uncomfortable. And I think that prevents sometimes it prevents it from getting out there. Gosh, such a uh, I, I'm at a loss for words thinking about how how ableism can impact those those parts of your professional world in terms of what you're actually studying. And it, it makes a lot of sense that that um, that some reviewers, some professionals don't have a an open mindset to this idea of disability as culture and they dismiss it. And that, that in and of itself is a very harmful version of ableism. Gosh, it's been so great talking to you. I might ask you if it's okay, one more question that I didn't plan to ask you, but I really would love to hear your thoughts. In the intro that I read about your vision of a just world, can you talk a little bit more about what that might look like, maybe from from the perspective of, of a disabled person? Like, what is it that you're striving for? to the world and society to, to be like, hopefully soon. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking for representation. I'm looking for leadership. I'm looking for not only am I included, but I'm valued and welcome. I think a lot of times we frame disability in terms of inclusion, and I even have it in my uh, vision. But the more important piece to that is for me is the equity piece, right? the equal opportunity and the equity piece, because I think, again, inclusion doesn't always guarantee an equitable experience. So I, I want people, I want disabled people at the table. I want them leading the charge. I want it to get to a point where you can't name the five disabled people on, on campus, right? I want it to be that we're truly integrated in all aspects of the world and society. I want people to see more of the disability experience than than just the diagnosis piece. I want places to embrace disability culture. I want to see my culture represented uh, where I am. That's kind of 
what I keep pushing for. Um, I think right now we're currently in a stage where we're still trying to, def uh, not in community, but I think in, especially academia, I think historically we haven't been naming disability culture. So, you know, people sometimes ask me, why, why are you writing conceptual pieces? And it's like, um, because uh, we, we, I need people to understand this concept as a way to, to move forward. Well, I would just say that on behalf of all of your colleagues in the College of Education, I am so glad you're here. And I'm so glad you chose SDSU as the place for you to do all of this important work. And we may not be ready for you, but we are doing our best to be as welcoming and learning from you as we can. You may not be ready, but I'm here either way. <laughs> and I'm happy to be here. And I'm, um, I'm, I'm just ready to keep pushing forward. <laughs>